All right, good morning. Once again, uh, it's good to be with you this morning as we continue our study on the life of Christ. Just thought I heard that feedback a little bit again, uh, but maybe not. Uh, but again, uh, I'm glad to be here. As uh, I kind of just uh, announcement about this class in particular, just because I had mentioned um, before the sermon that we're going to uh, kind of mix things up again. So uh, because we have the gospel meeting next Sunday and because we're kicking off the, the, the elders class uh, next uh, t- uh, two weeks from today, uh, this class, the Life of Christ class, is going to go strictly to Wednesday uh, nights. And so we'll just study uh, the, the, the Life of Christ on Wednesday evenings in that Bible class. And, uh, and then that's fine because we're almost down to the end. I believe we have about 14 more lessons to go. And so that works perfectly to put that into a, a, you know, a 13, 14 week uh, quarter class. And so we'll just focus, again, this uh, Life of Christ series on Wednesday evenings. And uh, we're getting close to, you know, this has been well over a year that we've been studying this. And so eventually we're going to go back to the normal sort of uh, having uh, a Wednesday class and a Sunday class and uh, two different studies going on. But I've really enjoyed this uh, series of going through the life of Christ. Hopefully you have as well. Hopefully it helps to kind of see where all of these things happen uh, in connection with his life. And I know it's, uh, it's really uh, increased my faith as well. Uh, Wednesday evening, we, looked at, uh, we began looking at the Roman trials. Now, last Sunday morning, we looked at the Jewish trial when uh, Jesus was brought, arrested, brought before first Annas, the high priest, and then Caiaphas. And we noticed uh, Jesus, again, being mistreated in those situations, being tried, um, being accused of blasphemy. But, of course, the Jews have no power in um, exacting capital punishment, which is ultimately what they want to do. They want Jesus put to death, and so they bring Jesus to the Romans. And so we, we noticed on Wednesday evening uh, the first part of the trial uh, where they bring him to this man, Pilate. And again, I, I mentioned that we're having a lot of different names thrown at us uh, these past couple of classes. Annas and Caiaphas and Pilate and, and Herod. All of these different leaders that Jesus is going to interact with. But, so Pilate is the main guy here, the governor of this area of Judea and Samaria. And that's who uh, he is brought before. And uh, we notice that Jesus is brought to his praetorium. Right? We talked about that sort of like his governor's mansion. Uh, he's brought to the praetorium. And the Jews, of course, they would not go inside the praetorium because it's Gentile territory. Uh, it's unclean to them. So they aren't actually seeing uh, the, the trial, if you will, going on with Jesus and Pilate because it's taking place inside uh, this Gentile structure. And so, so it's kind of comical when you're reading through here of Pilate, you know, having these conversations with Jesus. And then he comes outside and talks to the Jews and he goes back into Jesus and then he comes back out to the Jews. And uh, so you know, we've noticed that back and forth. And, uh, of course, they... Uh, they deliver these charges to Pilate, uh, sort of um, uh, verse 2 saying, in, or Luke 23, 23 verse 2, uh, they say, you know, we found this man misleading our nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ the king. And so they sort of had to up the ante of these charges being brought against uh, Jesus because, of course, the, the Roman government does not care that Jesus has blasphemed their God. You know, they don't care about that or 
Not that Jesus did blaspheme their God, but that's what they're accusing Jesus of doing. And again, the Romans don't care about that, so uh, they had to bring Jesus based on these other charges, right? That he's saying himself is a king, but, but Caesar's the only king. And so they think they've got Jesus here. And so Pilate interrogated Jesus, uh, but remember, he found no guilt in him. Right? He came out and told, told the Jews, I find no guilt in this man. I'm just going to go ahead and set him free. But this, of course, outraged the Jews. And because of this political pressure uh, that is around, uh, you know, because, again, Pilate, he's working for the Roman government. His job is what? What was his main job we talked about? It's to keep the peace, right? That, that was the main job of, of Pilate is to keep the peace in the area. And so he doesn't want word getting back to Rome, to the Caesar, that peace isn't being kept in his territory. And so he's got to... You know, he's got to give in to the Jews here uh, a little bit so that, um, that they don't start a riot uh, because he's not going to sentence Jesus. Um, remember, he, remember when uh, Pilate found out that Jesus uh, began his ministry in Galilee and he said something to the effect of, oh, he's a Galilean, right? And then he remembers that, you know, Galilee is not in his territory. And it just so happened that King Herod was in Jerusalem that day. And so Pilate says, hey, I'm going to give Jesus over to Herod. Let Herod deal with uh, Jesus. And we looked at that, those verses as well, last Wednesday evening. And Herod, of course, um, talked to Jesus. He was fascinated. He was looking forward to seeing Jesus for the first time, but Jesus didn't speak to him. And we recall that uh, Herod and his soldiers you know, mocked Jesus a little bit, put, on, put him this, they said, a gorgeous robe on him. And sort of paraded him around, beat him uh, as well, and then gave him back to Pilate. And so uh, Pilate uh, didn't accomplish what he wanted to do because now he has Jesus back in his possession. He's got to be the one that's going to come up with these charges. Um, and so uh, that's, where we're gonna, that's where we left off, and we'll begin there. I'm going to be in Luke 23 to begin, but we'll jump into John as well. Uh, Luke 23, starting in verse... Uh, 13. Have you ever been in a position where uh, you know something is you know, absolutely wrong, but yet everybody else is going the other way? You know, it's, it kind of blows your mind that they can't see it, but you can. Have you ever been in a position like that? I mean, that's what, that's what Pilate's going through right now. Uh, he's already announced that Jesus is not guilty. He's going to announce that a couple of more times in our reading here this morning. He's going to go to the Jews and say, I find no guilt in this man. But yet the Jews are going to continue to insist that, you know, Jesus has to be uh, put to death. And, you know, it's just this is something Pilate's going to struggle with. And uh, again, he thought he found a way out of this predicament when we looked at that, when he sent him off to Herod, again, sending him off to a different jurisdiction. It didn't work because he comes right back to him. And so what's Pilate going to do now? You know, that's the question this morning. What, what is Pilate going to do now? Um, Pilate did not want anything to do with Jesus or sentencing him. And um, we asked that question actually Wednesday night. What would you do or what, will you, what would you do with Jesus? Right? Pilate had Jesus. Uh, he knows he's innocent. 
but yet he's eventually going to sentence him uh, to death. And what would you do? Again, that was the question that we looked at. So let, let's jump into Luke 23, starting in verse 13. And we will get uh, the fuller picture here of what happens at the end of this uh, trial. Uh, Pilate summoned the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought this man to me as one who incites the people to rebellion. And behold, having examined him before you, I have found no guilt in this man regarding the charges which you make against him. No, nor has Herod, for he sent him back to us. And behold, nothing deserving death has been done by him. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. Now he was obliged to release to them at the feast one prisoner. But they cried out altogether, saying, Away with this man, and release for us Barabbas. He was one who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection made in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept on calling out, saying, Crucify, crucify him. And he said to them the third time, Why, what evil has this man done? I have found in him no guilt, demanding death. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. But they were insistent with loud voices, asking that he be crucified, and their voices began to prevail. And Pilate pronounced sentence, and their demand uh, be granted, and he released the man they were asking for, who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, but he delivered Jesus to their will. Okay, so that's a little bit more of a concise uh, ending to this trial, but you notice the couple of times that Pilate says, you know, I find no guilt in this man, right? Pilate knows Jesus is not guilty here. Um, but, verse 16, we notice that he sort of had a solution. He said, uh, but I'm going to punish him. Uh, why, why do you think Pilate brings that up right there? Why does he propose punishment for Jesus? Exactly. Right. Um, uh, making concessions. Right? He... he the Jews want Jesus dead. Pilate knows that Jesus is completely innocent. And, uh, and so he, he says there, uh, I mean, basically Pilate's saying, listen, I'm, I'm going to teach the man a lesson. This should be odd enough, good enough for you. You know, I'll punish him a little bit and then we'll set him free. Right. Uh, sort of giving the Jews contention, concession. Uh, but again, Pilate had no intentions, absolutely no intentions of sending Jesus to the cross. Uh, having him crucified. Um, let's jump over to John chapter 18. Let's finish uh, John's account that we started on Wednesday evening. John chapter 18, uh, starting in verse 38. And then we'll jump right into John chapter 19. And we'll go, by, we'll go through this little by little uh, since we'll spend more time here in John. Uh, but John chapter 18, let's start in verse 38. Of course, we already covered this, uh, this first part last week. Uh, Pilate said to him, what is truth? And then right after that, it says, When he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you wish then that I release for you the king of the Jews? And so they cried out again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Uh, verse 1 of chapter 19. Pilate then took Jesus and scourged him. So, 
here's that punishment that we just talked about, right? Uh, Pilate says, um, you know, he's not guilty, but we're going to go ahead and punish him for you. Maybe that will, uh, uh, you know, ease your fears. Maybe that will uh, be a concession that I can make. Uh, what does it mean to scourge somebody? Okay, yeah, I mean, basically it's whipping, right? Uh, Jesus, back in John chapter 2, uh, verse 15, uh, made one of these. Do you remember that? When he went into the temple and he made, he made his, his own scourge or his own whip. And I shouldn't say a scourge, but he made his own whip um, and, and used it to you know, get the animals out of the temple. You remember that? So th- this was something that was pretty common. Uh, but we're told that Jesus' uh, Jesus's whip was simply made with uh, you know, this leather whip with some of these tongs at the end. Right? So some of these strips of leather at the end of it. Now, do you think that's what they used when they scourged Jesus? It was simply these, just, uh, these leather thong, thongs at the end of it? No, we're, we're talking a lot more brutal, um, vicious uh, type of uh, punishment. Uh, these normally would have sort of like a lead, sort of lead ball maybe attached to the end, or they would have used... Uh, sharp pieces of bone or sharp metal uh, attached to the end of these whips. And when, so when you scourge someone, you know, you were ripping skin open, right? It was very violent. And so, uh, so Jesus is handed over to be scourged. Um, <clears throat> he would have been stripped of his clothes, right? He probably would have been tied to something, uh, his, bent, his uh, back bent over, um, the curriculum talks about how tra- traditionally there were six executioners lashing with their whips. And the punishment wasn't meant to kill you, but it was meant to take you to the brink of death. Right? So uh, they weren't trying to, uh, uh, to end your life by doing this, but they were trying to, um, you know, again, uh, maybe fasten uh, the, the process of death once they would have had you... Uh, crucified, and I know again the curriculum even talked about how the the whip would often strike a person's face, and it could knock out uh, eyes and teeth. And so again, just a uh, a horrible picture of you know what Jesus is going through um, at this time. And again, how many uh, of these lashes, how many of these strikes he took, we don't know. Uh, you know, the Jews they practiced uh, you know forty lashes. Right, and that's in the Old Testament, and they actually would uh, count to thirty-nine and stop there because they didn't want to go over, you know, that that number forty and and and, uh, you know, not go over God's command. But again, this was the Romans practicing this, and so we just don't know uh, how uh, bad. But uh, this was the punishment that Pilate brings forth uh, to Jesus. Again, the scourging, Uh, verse two and three of John nineteen. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put a purple robe on him. And they began to come up to him and say, Hail, King of the Jews. And he gave him and to give him slaps in the face. So here's those soldiers uh, beginning to mock Jesus. Right. They uh, you know, we're we're familiar with this. Right. They, They they create that they twist together that crown of thorns. And I should have brought or had a picture or something of, you know, what we're talking about when we're talking about thorns, because we're not just talking about those, you know, those little thorns that you find on a pricker bush or something like that. 
you know, but we're talking about these big giant thorns that, you know, maybe, you know, one to two inches in length and fastening it on a crown and, you know, putting on his head and just the imagery there uh, of that crown of thorns. And they placed on him a purple robe. Now, Herod's troops placed on him a, a white robe, that beautiful robe that said uh, white, uh, because uh, the Jews, uh, the, the kings in the Jewish custom uh, wore white. And, but the kings in the Roman uh, Empire wore uh, purple. And so, again, they're just mocking Jesus, right? They, they would dress him up in this purple robe that's supposed to represent, uh, you know, a kingship, royalty. And so they put him in there. Um, John doesn't mention, but Matthew mentions. I just want to read this verse quickly. Matthew 27, verse 29. He mentions that... Uh, after twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. Um, literally, it means to mimic a king's scepter. And they knelt down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, king of the Jews. And then they spat on him and took that reed and began to beat him on the head. All right, so uh, Matthew lets us know that there was this reed. Uh, that was to mimic a, a scepter of a king that they put in Jesus' hands, and then they used that to beat him with. So all of this humiliation going on, right? Slapping him in the face. They continued to ridicule him. Uh, then verse 4 through 7. The Pilate came out and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Jesus then came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. So when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify, crucify. Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. But the Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law we ought to, he ought to die, because he made himself out to be the Son of God. So, you know, again, here, here's Pilate comes back outside the praetorium to the Jews again and basically says, okay, we, we've had our fun. You know, we've punished him a little bit. Again, I find no guilt in this man. Let's, you know, let, let's let him go. And uh, he even says, behold the man, right? Why do you think he said that? Why do you think Pilate referred to him as a man? Behold the man. This is, this is Jesus, right? The, the man who claims to be the son of God. But Pilate's saying, look, behold the man. Yeah. Would a, in their minds, would a God bleed? Would a, would a God allow that to happen to him? Oh, right. Pilate's saying, look it, behold the man. I know this, this, uh, this illustration might maybe go over some uh, heads, but um, I really like you know, comic book movies, comic books, and there's a, a movie, uh, Batman vs. Superman. You know, normally Batman and Superman are good guys, right? But sometimes they clashed uh, in the comics and in uh, movies. And there's a, a scene where uh, they're clashing, uh, Batman and Superman, and Batman, uh, you know, says to Superman, uh, who's this, you know, this all-powerful alien, uh, says to him, do you bleed? Right? And that's kind of the imagery I got here of this as well. Uh, because 
Um, that was the question that Batman had. Can you make Superman bleed? Well, um, can you make a god bleed? And in their minds, no. Right? You can't do that. So this must just be a man. Right? Behold uh, the man. Here's your supposed uh, god. Right? And, and so... Um, so he hand, he's about to hand Jesus back over to the Jews, uh, but those concessions that, uh, that Pilate's making is not working because they want him dead, right? And so what are they shouting? Crucify him, right? Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said, crucify him yourselves, but um, the Jews explain that he has violated our law, right? Uh, this is probably talking about Leviticus uh, 24. I think this is... I think the curriculum points this out. Leviticus chapter 24, verse uh, 16. Let's go ahead and read that. Um, Moreover, the one who blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him. Uh, the alien as well as the native, when he blasphemes the name, shall be put to death. Has, uh, in your uh, knowledge of the scriptures... When somebody was stoned, did they always die? Not always, Not always right? Paul was uh, stoned a couple of times, left for dead actually once, but uh, he didn't die, right? The Jews say, the Jews are saying here, we want him dead, right? We want crucifixion. Uh, we, uh, we want you, the Roman government, to enact capital punishment because we can't do that on our own. He ought to die. We want him crucified. And again, Pilate's job is to keep the peace. And so uh, he's going to just keep giving in here. Uh, let's look at verses 8 through 11. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. And he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? Uh, but Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you, and I have authority to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. For this reason, he who delivers me to you has the greater sin. Okay, so... Pilate, at this point, hears that Jesus is claiming to be God. How, how does Pilate react to that? He's scared, isn't he? Yeah, he's worried. And so uh, he's a little bit more afraid of him now. And so he goes back into Jesus and says, where did you come from? Uh, Jesus didn't answer that. Uh, and Pilate doesn't understand why. Uh, but ultimately, you know, he, he gives that statement there of... Well, uh, you wouldn't have any authority if it wasn't for me who gave you that authority, a pilot. And uh, look, at that, look at that very last sentence. That's very interesting that he says, For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. The greater sin. Now, who, who's he referencing? Who has the greater sin? Okay, the Jews, but in particular, yeah, Caiaphas, right? Caiaphas was the one who uh, handed him over uh, to uh, the Romans. We're, we'll talk, well, if we have time, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, this here uh, at the end. But the point is here, is Pilate completely clear here? Is Pilate 
um, you know, innocent in this whole situation? I see some heads shaking no. Uh, this, gets bring, this gets brought back up in the book of Acts, actually, uh, in Acts chapter 4, verses 27 and uh, 28 in particular. Uh, Peter and John, of course, are um, arrested, and uh, you know, they're giving their, their sermon here and uh, recounting the things that have just happened. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 27, he, they mention, For truly uh, in this city where uh, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And so, you know, Pilate is not innocent uh, in this whole matter, although he, he's going to act like, uh, he is, and we'll see that here in a moment. But Jesus says to Pilate that somebody committed a greater sin. He who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Right? And again, he's referring uh, to Caiaphas. And we'll touch on that here in a second. Uh, verse 12. As a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. Therefore, when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, behold, your king. And so they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. And so he then handed him over to them to be crucified. You know, if we go back to verse 12, it says Pilate made efforts. Right? He, he's diligently trying to get Jesus off, isn't he? To, to have him released. To not have him uh, be crucified. And... Uh, there was something that we kind of touched on Wednesday evening, but not really. But back in uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew 27, <clears throat> verse 19, um, there was something that happened to Pilate's wife. Do you remember what we said happened? Yeah, she had a dream, didn't she? Uh, Matthew 27, verse 19, uh, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message saying, have nothing to do with that righteous man. For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. All right, so how do you think Pilate's feeling at this point? That um, he wants to release Jesus. The Jews are pressuring him into crucifying him. And now he's getting this message from his wife to have nothing to do with Jesus. Yeah, he's a little worried, isn't he? He's a little, he's uneasy. Uh, yeah, I think so too. And so, um, so now he's going to come up with another, another plan. Okay, he keeps making these concessions. And here's, I guess, one last trick he's got up his sleeve. And do you remember what that is? We kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the reading. There was, a, there was a tradition at the Passover for the governor to do something. 
What was that thing? Release the prisoners. Yeah. So there was this tradition that at the Passover, that the governor uh, would release a prisoner to the Jews, right? Release somebody who had been imprisoned, uh, I guess whoever they requested, uh, to be released. And so here's uh, another scenario that Pilate's coming up with, right? It's, it seems like he's choosing the most vile person that's been locked up, this man Barabbas, who we're told led an insurrection, and he's even murdered people, right? And so he's in jail for that. And so Pilate says, hey, who would you like me to release, Barabbas or Jesus? Who do you think the people are going to say? Well, I'm wondering if he thinks the people are going to say Jesus at first because, I mean, Barabbas is a murderer, right? He's started an insurrection. All Jesus has done is blaspheme their God. You know, which one of those guys would you rather have out on the street? You know, Jesus, right? You don't want Barabbas back out on the streets. He's liable to, you know, maybe murder some other people, maybe start up an insurrection again. But who do the people say release to us? It's Barabbas, right? Give us, give us this murderer over this blasphemer. You know, that's just, it's astounding, isn't it, uh, that they would request that. And, uh, you know, that's a great sermon to be preached someday, right? Uh, you know, the world wants Barabbas, right? They, they don't want Jesus. And that's just, a, a, again, a powerful, powerful thought. Uh, verse 13 and 14, I like these verses because, especially verse 14, because it gives us a timestamp of things. Right? Again, uh, now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, uh, and it was about the sixth hour. And so uh, the sixth hour, again, would have been 6 a.m., right? So that's what time of day that this is all taking place. It's Friday, uh, the day of preparation, um, because, of course, uh, the day of preparation was always in uh, for, the, for the Sabbath day. Uh, they, they had a special day called the Day of Preparation, right? And they spent their time getting ready for the Sabbath day because they weren't to do any work on the Sabbath day. And so you prepared your meals and you got things ready on the Day of Preparation. And so here we are on Friday at 6 a.m. Uh, and uh, again, here comes, uh, here comes Pilate back outside the Praetorium with Jesus. And he says there in verse 14, Behold your king. Right? Here's your king. And uh, how do they respond? Shockingly, how did the Jews respond to that? <coughs> yeah. The Jews said, we have no king but Caesar. I mean, how shocking to you is that? I mean, who is their king? Wouldn't they have at least said that, you know, God is our king? But they, because, you know, the, the devil's got them so worked up, got their minds so clouded that they're saying we have no king, right? They, they want Jesus dead. We have no king. And that's just amazing that they make that statement right there. Uh, before we end, I want to go back to Matthew ch chapter 27 and we'll close out this, this uh, trial, this Roman trial. Uh, Matthew 27 Starting in verse uh, 24, Matthew 27, verse 24, 
It says that when Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to that yourselves. And all the people said, His blood shall be on us and our children. Then he released Barabbas for them, but after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. So, you know, Pilate, symbolically, right, he's washing his hands of this. You know, this isn't my call, he's saying. I've tried to let him go. I've tried to make concessions for you, right, to release him, to just have him punished. But you want him crucified. And he says, it's not on me, right? It's going to be on you. And how did the Jews respond to that? Yeah, they accepted that, didn't they? So we want it so much that his blood is going to be on us and, and our children, right? And so, I mean, that's the final straw, right? Pilate is going to cave to the mob, and again, he has no basis for it, right? He has no evidence to do this, but he's going to cave uh, anyways. A lot of great lessons we can learn from uh, these, um, from, the, from this account. Again, uh, we ask, you know, whom will you choose? Right? And uh, are we going to be uh, like the Jews who are vehemently against Jesus? Are we going to be like Herod who you know, was interested in a little bit but only for uh, you know, the special things that Jesus could provide? Remember, Herod just wanted to see him perform a miracle. He didn't care about the teaching or the preaching of Jesus. Or are we going to be like Pilate who um, indecisive, right? That, that's going to... He knows he's innocent. He knows the right thing to do. But because of pressure from the outside, he's going to waver. And so what do we, what do we choose to do? Um, you know, I'll just hold my thoughts on the greater sin because I guess we're a little bit out of time. But, you know, maybe that will be a good Q&A question. If someone wants to write that down and put it in the box, you know, are there greater sins than, than others? And, you know, obviously the answer here is yes because uh, that's what Jesus said to Pilate, right? That, you, that, that somebody else had the greater sin above him. And, uh, and so we'll end the class here. Uh, but again, I appreciate everyone's uh, attendance. Uh, again, uh, we'll continue this class from now on on Wednesday evenings. Uh, the next class, we're going to look at the death of Judas. So we'll see what's going on in Judas's life at this point. And then we just, you know, we get closer and closer uh, to the cross. Um, I can't remember, did... In other words, when I, when I say it, our, our children, your children, would be guilty that the blood be on us. In other words, that might tell us guilty of crucifying Christ, right? We, we have the guilt of the crucifying Christ. Yeah, that's a good thought. But he said that let, let, let his blood be on you, us, and, and our children. Our children. But what's that, the Jewish people? I mean, was he speaking to that particular group, the Jews? Well, there. In uh, the, the sermon in Acts chapter 2, when 
you know, uh, Peter gives both sides the, the guilt in that, um, you know, handing Jesus over to godless men, uh, being the Gentiles, and then also, the, you know, the Jewish nation also handing over. So we see both. So, yeah, that's some good, good thoughts there. Uh, Brother Mike, do you have our closing prayer for us? Thanks.